Well, thanks for taking the time to uh, join me for this video. We've been calling this Introductions, and this is my opportunity to introduce my friends to my friends. And for many of you, uh, my friend today needs no introduction. And then for some of you, I'm just thrilled that you get a chance to meet him um, from, I believe it was, uh, 2009 to 2014. Dan Schmall served as a worship pastor here at Calvary Church and the, during that time had such a huge impact, not only on so many of us in the way that we worshiped, but as we made the move from Glendale um, to Conant Street, I'm not so sure it would have happened without Dan. And uh, honestly, one of my favorite people in the world, Pastor Dan Schmalz, thanks for joining us today, man. This Thank is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, man. This is great. What, what a ton of, even as we were just talking before we started recording so many memories and uh, good times and lots of fun stuff now i know for a lot of our calvary family they're gonna go oh yeah i love that guy and then for uh, folks that might be newer to the church some will say well i've heard his name or um you know who is that guy and uh, so let's let's do this we'll kind of start out with this question if you if you had to give us your life story in about three minutes what would that sound like Three minutes, man, I could probably do less than that, um, but I'll take a pause over the Calvary part of the of the life story and just dig into that. Um, but yeah, I'm actually from Ohio and uh, grew up in a pastor's home and had a brother. So my brother and I uh, were both into music quite a bit when we were young. Actually, our life was pretty much music and shooting guns um, and inventing <laughs> new things. Um, exploring the unknown uh, on a regular basis. But uh, so spent some time actually in ministry for a while there in Ohio and then met my wife as well. Uh, we have three girls who are growing up way too fast. Just had a birthday yesterday for our youngest. She is six and our oldest is 14 and our middle is 11. And I'm not okay with that. I'm not sure how 14 years <laughs> is. But uh, yeah, so then uh, after 2000, well, we, were at, we were at Calvary 2009 uh, to, I guess, the end of 2009, somewhere in between there. We were having so much fun. I, I lost track of what we were doing <laughs> when it all started. Uh, but honestly, some of the best, absolute best years of our lives were there. Um, just as our family was just, it was foundational for the girls. It was uh, really foundational for us, even in our marriage. Like, honestly, I think I can, I can truly say that there's nothing, there, there's hardly anything that I do today in ministry or as a, as a father, as, as a leader or anything like that, that isn't in some way influenced by our time at Calvary or your leadership there at Calvary. So, um, man, thank you. There's so many things that, that I think we experienced in the moment there that we didn't really realize we would be using later. So God was already building those foundations for us. But, um, so, uh, amazing place like, uh, Calvary is always, and that's what I love about it. Like we, we're still, we're still friends. We still talk, uh, we still communicate with each other, threaten to vacation, um, near each other. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that goes with all the staff and, and family there and friends there. So, um, and then we moved actually, uh, 2014 it would have been we moved to Charlotte uh, North Carolina and uh, we were there from uh, 2014 till just uh, just a little over a year ago when we moved here to Florida and uh, we're in Melbourne Florida which no one's ever heard of 
uh, but it's close to, uh, if, you, if you find Orlando, which everyone's heard of, and just go towards the ocean, uh, go east, you'll, you'll hit Melbourne. Um, but this is uh, like the Space Coast is what they call it. So uh, NASA and a bunch of cool stuff like that is based out of this area. And, uh, and we love it here, man. We love it. We're part of the, the campus here uh, for Elevation Church. And it's been, it's been really great. Um, it's, it's sunny, a lot like Ohio, warm and sunny all the time. <laughs> we do miss, we do miss the snow a little bit. I, I would say I miss the snow and my kids, my wife does not. Yeah, that sums up 40 years and about approximately yeah. two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us this then, like, especially for those that uh, maybe had interacted with you at Calvary, your day job what you do today in ministry is really very different um, in, in, a, in a practical sense, I guess, from what you had done in the past. Tell us about your day job. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is uh, quite a bit different, um, you know, with, with uh, just the model of how the, the church is set up is a little bit different. Uh, but I will say, like, uh, as I mentioned before, everything that I was doing when I was at Calvary, you know, building teams and stuff like that, uh, is still very much a part of what we do here. Um, my my actual title would be uh, I'm the associate campus pastor of our Melbourne campus. So um, it's hard to describe what that means because I could be doing one thing on a Tuesday uh, without quarantine, <laughs> and I could have a completely different job description. Uh, you know, five six weeks later uh, on the same Tuesday. So uh, really, what if it's essentially um, I think if you if you bring like you combine two worlds, really the relational side of ministry, administrative side of ministry, and kind of a um, at least here at this campus, kind of a, a frontier of what's next for the church, um, being uh, an extension of our central. So our church is based out of Charlotte, but for those of you if you're not familiar with the church, it's based out of Charlotte, but we're we're you know 600 miles away, so ministry looks a little bit different that way when you're when you're pulling from uh, a central hub. Um, so very much, you know, onboarding teams, uh, our small groups, a lot of the administrative stuff, just bringing confluence to the idea of like the relational side mixed with um, an administrative side would be the best way to, to sum up the role. But man, that can look different, especially these days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, hey, here's a, here's a question for you. If you could design your perfect day, so we'll say uh, this is, this is after after Corona, so you don't have to worry about social distancing or any of that kind of stuff, right? And uh, you you've got a, you've got the perfect day that you can design, so that you know when you put your head down on your pillow at night, you're gonna go, man, that was the perfect day. What well, what would it look like? I mean, I'm living it right now. Really, I would I would <laughs> talk to you in the afternoon. Um, this has been a great day. I would say, man, I, I'm a little bit strange. Some people, you know, start off their day with like sleeping in and do, I mean, obviously I, I love sleeping in. That's great. Um, but the perfect day. And if I, if I had to narrow it down to like just a couple things, I would say, uh, I love spending time with my family. So I have, uh, I have little things that, you know, each one of our kids have like a, a certain, uh, I don't know how to even describe it. Maybe a little a lane that they kind of that, that they kind of roll in. So our youngest just it doesn't matter what we do if if we're you know playing whatever 
but we're together. Uh, she just wants to be, she wants to have my attention and just, you know, her love language is, is quality time. So, um, I yeah. would spend, I would spend time with her. I would spend, uh, time with, with Leah. She's our middle, uh, middle girl. And me and her have this thing where we'll, uh, neither of us really like to run. Uh, but together we, we have, uh, I don't know how long we've been doing it now, but in the evenings we'll run, um, and we have a little thing, a little tracker on our phone. We hit that and it's a great time. It's, it's, you know, great in, in the evenings around here to run. We have a, a lake that we run around and, um, and it goes up actually near, it's, it's, it's a good distance. It's more than I would prefer. <laughs> I hate running, but I love running when I'm running with her because we have conversations. Um, and it's just a great time just between the two of us just to do that. And, uh, and so then Audrey is, gosh, she is, uh, her with her it's any time that I can be doing uh, some sort of creative project so uh, so I would spend time with them like uh, just doing something individually with them and then probably uh, you know come together the here's on the perfect day in the morning I would spend time with the girls I would eat a lot of good food I would accomplish something great something that I've been trying to get done I love that I love finishing a project or accomplishing something and then I would end the night where it'd be like the girls would be somewhere else. And then I would just spend the time with Sarah. So like we'd split the day in half. So everybody, everybody gets their time. But then there's, there's nothing like, you know, dinner, maybe a movie or something, hanging out with Sarah. Uh, that'd be, a, that'd be a great day. I could live that day multiple times in a row and just be just fine. So, but I that, have to, that I'll, would be awesome. <laughs> so. so somewhere in there, there's, there's something that, that gets done in the process. But, yeah, uh, yeah that's awesome. I feel like I didn't do something uh, that I could have, you know, time is, I have to use time. Time's like the most precious thing. So I have to use that for, yeah. for something, so. That's awesome, very cool. You know, one of the things, Dan, that I have always appreciated about you, like, and a lot of people wouldn't know this, on, on the Friday that uh, the Lord first began to put in some of our hearts to, um, to move into this uh, movie theater from our former building on Conant Street or on uh, Glendale to move down to Conant Street. Um, I remember it was a quiet day in the office at church. And I, I think maybe you and I were the only two pastors in the building that day. And I said, Hey man, you want to go for a drive? And we came over to Conant Street and just kind of drove around and looked inside and, and just talked about, you know, could God be wanting us to do something that was totally crazy? And one of the things that I, I so appreciated about our whole team during that season, but I don't think anybody really will ever know how much of that, you know, you had to carry on the technical side was um, under, like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how much it was at home. One of your, one of your leadership gifts is you're able to bring calm to chaos and help people to navigate some of those, those tough times. And I'm going to guess, even in this season, and you've seen that, you know, even just the, the journey of ministry, even over these last six years, but then I'm going to guess even during this, you know, kind of unique season, I, I'd, I'd love your thoughts on what it means to lead in a crisis. Like what, what, when you, when you find yourself in a pressure situation or a crisis situation and not just, you know, not just even in a church world, but it, it affects us as individuals and that kind of thing. So leading in a, in a crisis or in a pressure situation. Any, any thoughts on that? Man, that's great. I, I wish I knew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say I, I do remember, uh, I remember that day 
you came in and I thought, I, I didn't know if we were going to lunch or what was happening, but you kind of <laughs> leaned against the door and you were like, hey, you got a minute? I, I absolutely for you any, yeah I do have a minute I'm like let's go for a drive and I remember thinking this man I love the vision and 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 I, I was thinking if I could if I if I can put this into words I love the vision and the idea and just the mindset and the heart behind this but that's the craziest idea I've ever heard of <laughs> there's no way we're gonna be able to do this and, and but I went with, I was like this is cool Let's try. And now look at the church. How many years ago was that? That was, that that was 2010, been... dude. Yeah. Wow. June, June 11th will be 10 years. Man, yeah. 10 years. 10 years later, and look what God has done. That's amazing. Praise God. I will say there, there, were, some, uh, there were some definite moments there that for, for, I think, all of the church, just growing pains and moving into that. But to go back and answer your question, I'm not sure that I, I think... I think one of the, and again, this is just my opinion, but one of the most important elements of leadership in any situation, even uh, in crisis or not in crisis, in a, in a time of change or just normal life, would be um, just the, how does the leader think? So how, how does the leader approach a problem? Um, because I think you could have somebody who's a very seasoned leader and somebody who's a brand new leader um, and both be on two different ends of the spectrum with how they process a problem or how they, they react in a crisis. I mean, obviously a crisis being, you know, if we look at what we're currently in as a crisis, which I would, I would say it absolutely is, um, we are in this spot here and we wanna to get to that spot there. Um, what do we do? What decisions do we make? How do we, you know, a lot of business owners and people right now are, in this weird situation, do I lay people off? Do I, how do I build my business back up? How am I gonna financially recover? So I think once you, from a leadership standpoint, once you, once you approach, I think the best way to look at it is, is you've got two, um, two things working at the same time. You've got your, your knowledge of what you current, currently know. So like you, you can pull from that knowledge, but that is very limited. No matter who you are, like you have a limited amount of knowledge. You have, um, so that's the, the one box, if you were the one hand. And then in this hand, you have the opportunity to learn or the growth that comes from it. So I don't think it's so much heavy on the what you know side, more on the how you think. So how you think or how you process or how you approach a problem is actually probably more important than what you currently know. But for leaders, everybody like, you know, you're in a situation that's unknown and as a leader, the number one thing I can lean on that's that's uh, going to be safe. Let me get in an area that I know something control because something else is out of control. So I think one of the biggest things, obviously, is just um, just understanding like perspective for the leader is huge. They have to be able to zoom out and really approach a problem with how should I be thinking about this? But how are you thinking about this? Um, because once you can solve that, once you can get on the right level of your thinking, the doing and the how you're going to do it and all that other stuff kind of lines up. Because of the very nature, like a crisis, mm -hmm. you know, survive the next pandemic. There might be, but I, <laughs> as going a small to be, business, somebody's getting a lot of money off of it. That's how you lead through a pandemic. But I do think the, one of the most 
crucial elements to that is how does the leader think? How does the leader approach a problem? Um, and, and approaching it not with a, hey, I have the, the answers, I'm a leader, but more, hey, what can I learn from this? What's the data telling me? What are the external conflicts? What are the internal conflicts? Uh, how are my, my people that I lead viewing this? How are they viewing me? A lot of times people in uncertainty jump to like, this is what we're doing. I'm going to make the call and you're going to follow me because it feels right and we're just going to do it. That may be good, but I don't trust myself that much. I don't, I don't know. You know, so I think there is, there's an element of like letting the Holy Spirit lead, but at the same time pulling from this understanding that everything I know uh, is kind of there. It's kind of, it's good to pull from, but more importantly is how am I thinking? Am I asking the right questions um, to evaluate like what's next? Because God gives wisdom in those times and, and you never know, like I honestly have seen probably one of the, the most, the biggest things that I've taken away even from this past you know, few, few months and few weeks is that God can use times that we don't expect to bring something new. Every church is experiencing this right now. Like, man, we didn't expect our online presence to be so strong. Businesses are like, man, we didn't expect to think through this. We didn't expect this. Well, that's because what you expected was what you knew. Um, but when you went as a leader, if you can, anticipate the unexpected and say, man, I'm, I'm about to learn something amazing here. Let's keep an open mind to what, what we're going to learn here. So I think just being a learner as a, as a leader, learning, um, learning and, and taking in all those points of data and then figuring out, okay, from this, what's next, you know? You know, I think, I think with that, a lot of people and get distracted, mm-hmm. right. From, from some of those things, because you do start thinking, more about you know what do I have to do instead of how should I think how should I be looking at these things I'll put you on the spot mm-hmm. for a minute about a year ago I know you came and you you were uh, with yeah. our staff for like, I think day day and a half something like that and helped us think through some things that you've seen in ministry and as we're looking to the future and it was really helpful do you remember the parable of the strawberries that you told us <laughs> yeah. uh, d- does that ring a bell like yeah, yeah. I remember you you told you told a story yeah. that uh was really helpful, I think, and especially for folks who may be distracted right now. Um, Rabbi, will you tell us the, the parable of the strawberry? Man, I got to remember. It was fresh back then. We had just gone to um, to see, uh, I think we were at like a pumpkin patch or something. Anyway, they were they were planting, uh, the people who worked there were actually planting strawberries, and it's really quite fascinating. If you've ever seen it happen, it's pretty cool. The ground's covered, and they have this machine that like sticks these things in the ground and plants them, and um, but they have uh, this process, I guess, six months into it or so, where they will um, they'll have these shoots that come out from uh, from the growth of this plant, and they'll go and they'll like cut off all these things um, and trim it back, which seems very like counterintuitive. Like, hey, the, the plant is doing what you want it to do; it's growing, right? Uh, but they'll cut these things off because um, the energy and the resources that it takes. For this plant to to keep all of those things alive and keep all of those things green uh, is taking away from the fruit. So uh, I think that's a, that's a great example to to bring up in this time is like there's things that we've cut out of our lives, um, especially you know across the board. Everybody, we're not traveling, we're not doing all this time that we have. What are we doing with this? But you can you can you can reallocate um, that energy really to to bear fruit in in areas that you hadn't been able to before, and it's so easy sometimes I think, uh, especially in ministry, to see here we are 
we're, we're doing all this work. We're, we're making weekends happen and church is great and all these things, but where is the fruit? Where is, uh, is there strawberries on this plant? You know, so this farm, they would, they would cut these things off and then uh, they would see, you know, tremendous fruit because it was very focused. It was focused on these are the, the shoots that are going to bear the fruit and the other ones are not. So we're going to remove them. So a lot of biblical, uh, you know, who knew strawberries would be such a, life-changing biblical principle from some strawberries, but uh, it was really cool for They'll me. Keeping, to, you know, what's that? Be keeping your eyes on Amazon folks for the <laughs> new bestseller, the parable of the strawberry by Dan Schmalls. It'd be awesome. So let me, let me take you back to, let me take you back to kindergarten for a minute. And uh, do you remember, do you remember when you were in a garden? you remember that? <laughs> I never had anything good for show and tell. Do, do you today, is anything like nearby you that you could grab that might have like some meaning or be kind of sentimental or something and that you could go, hey, um, here's a show and tell item. All right. So I don't know if y'all are going to look at me the same after this. Um, you might want to this part out. I'm going to show you two things. So the first one, hang on, let me step away for a second. I promise I'll come back. Okay. All right. He said that once in a staff meeting and never showed up again. Never came and moved to North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, he's sending a postcard from Charlotte. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. So the first thing, um, there's only like three people watching this that are going to enjoy this, but bear with me because you know me enough to know that this is, this is something that I will love. <laughs> um, I got this for Christmas this year and uh, it looks like, a, I don't know, let's see, I can't really see my camera there, but. Uh, it's just this little box, right? And yeah, uh, open it up. And in the inside, uh, you put your phone in here at night and you close it. And it not only charges your phone, but it also cleans your phone and disinfects your phone. Coolest thing ever. It's called phone soap. And uh, I think it's phonesoap.com. Let's go ahead. That's and awesome. They can, the people at phonesoap.com can go ahead and send me whatever, <laughs> whatever I get for this. But uh, <laughs> I love it. I, I literally just plug my phone in. I put it in. It's a little, uh, it's very much like a, like a coffin almost. <laughs> Close it up. And that's where it spends the night. And it's, uh, it's clean and charged in the morning. So but that's, that's like both of your love languages, oh, like, like technology and cleanliness. Yes. When I saw this, I was, I was excited and like, it was a mixed emotion. I was both excited that I had this and also upset that I didn't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah oh, i love that um, so that's one of my favorite things um the other thing i could show you this is more on the nerd side but i keep this stack of i don't even know if i can grab them all here so this is if you can see all these these are all like notebooks um yeah can you see okay yeah anyway yeah, these are uh, <laughs> you said going back to school so <laughs> anyway these are um different notes i'll just show you what so these are notes or sermons or ideas um as much as i love technology there's still these moments where um mm -hmm. writing it down usually in a church setting writing it down is is probably the most effective for me uh, but some of these were, were like taken to conferences or uh, just a part of just like whatever you know if i have an idea and I want to put it, I, I keep these handy. This is probably a bad idea because it's really hard to search for it, but they're all, they're dated and you can see like, you know, 
here's where I was during this time or whatever, but yeah, uh, some really great things. And I, and I only write down like on one page, I'll write down like the actual notes to the teaching, the sermon, the whatever it is. And then on the other page, I'll have like, how am I going to apply this to where I'm at right now? So in a way, it's almost a journal because I can look back at some of this, like this is from 2017. I'd be like, wow, um, this is crazy that that's what I was thinking through at that point or this is the campus I was at at that point, and this is what I was about to handle or whatever. Um, so it's pretty cool. It's it's a journal slash great little memory thing to go through. But um, I don't open these up as much as I should, but I uh, I do keep them here for for good reason. Here's the Global Leadership Summit last year. That was fun. I took away some. You know, really though, I, I I think that that's there's there's treasures there. You know, in yeah. so many ways. I'm I'm becoming more and more convinced that when I put a pen in my hand, it oftentimes works like an antenna for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like it 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 puts me in a place where I'm I'm ready, you know, because I can say that I'm praying or I can say I'm doing this and that. But when I when I deliberately put a pen in my hand and I say, God, I, I want to write down things that that I feel like you're speaking to me or that I'm hearing from you. And you're right, there is some old school about pen on paper, like. Yeah, yeah, it works great. I I can do it, you know, in an Evernote or I can do it here or there wherever. But there is something, you know, unique about that um that you know, I think Dan even if you you never go back and read some of those things, the creative process of getting them there, uh there's something really meaningful in that. So, yeah, that's really that's really cool. Yeah, you know, I can be writing in this notebook and it's not going to buzz from someone texting me. It's it's not yeah. one swipe over from the grammar or whatever so it is very much you know and there, i don't know if there's a spiritual side to you know the scripture was written the written word again so I, I don't know if that's something that that is actually who knows we'll learn someday but to be able to just see a blank page and then begin to write it it is uh, the distraction level for me is less when i'm writing um and then i can tell that when i go back and i can't actually read any of the words some of some of the times i was like man i was really into it because i can't read a word of this you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah oh, so. man. cool well tell us tell us this you know either in this pandemic season or just some other time or something like that is there anything you're listening to or reading that you'd recommend to us that that uh that, that you're putting into your head that we should be too and I am always, uh, I get made fun of for this. Uh, <laughs> I think it was, yet, yeah, yesterday, the staff, we were together and somebody was joking about watching a movie or something. And I was explaining that I was watching a documentary. And they're like, you're always learning. Stop <laughs> learning and enjoy things. Um, so yeah, there's, there's always, uh, I'll keep it to a few. Uh, I actually, I listen to audiobooks most of the time. So driving, I'll, I'll listen to that. Um, but a couple of really good ones that I'm currently in and revisiting, um, there's a book called understanding Jesus, which is fantastic. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, I can't think of the author right now, but it's, um, it's basically like putting the stories from the Bible in the context of the Jewish culture and in the time frame of, of, of Jesus when he was um, on earth. And it's really great. So it's one thing to read, you know, the story of Lazarus. Um, it's another thing to read it um, and then read through this um, about like Jewish Jewish culture, people and the different things with the climate and all these different factors that come into it. 
sometimes when you're reading the scripture, it's just, you know, it's just stating these things that seem odd, but this really shines a light on, oh, it makes sense. That's why that's that way. So, you know, it'd be the equivalent of us saying, you know, I grabbed my iPhone and I texted so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, 2,000 years from now, <laughs> if somebody's reading those words, they might be like, well, what's grabbing an iPhone and texting? I don't understand what that means. You know, Jesus, Jesus uh, you know, bent down and drew, drew in, the, in the dirt and then said, whoever is without sin, throw the first, like to us, that's like, oh, that's so mysterious. But in the Jewish culture, they understood like, oh, this makes sense. There's, there's symbolism that makes sense there. So love that book. Um, another one that's really great for anyone leading teams or any leaders um, is multipliers. And uh, I think it's Liz Wiseman is, is the author yeah. of that one. Really, really great book. Uh, been around for a while too. Um, I've read it. I think our whole staff read it a, uh, a few years ago. But I went back to revisit the audio version of it. It's really, really great. It's, um, it talks about mindsets, which is something I'm super passionate about. Um, I could go on. You actually recommended that book to me, and I read it. And it was, oh, yeah. it was a great read. Really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. And, and for me, sometimes I'm taking in so much content that I have to go back and revisit and say, okay, did I actually apply this? Or did I just think, like, man, this was great. I, I'm so bad about that. Um, as you, as you, <laughs> there's a lot to revisit. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that, and then of course, like anything Craig Rochelle writes, you know, pretty much all of his content, I just try to, to soak in. Uh, he's a, he's a hero in, in many sense of leadership and godliness, yeah. husband and father and everything else. So, uh, his new book, Dangerous Prayers is great. Uh, read it carefully. It will ruin huh. everything about prayer for you. You, you you'll, you'll just it'll, <laughs> it'll wreck you. So it's good. I got I got a little ways into it, and uh, I realized that I probably shouldn't just casually read the book because mm. <laughs> it's uh, it's that it's that good. So highly recommend that one. Awesome. And Very good. I could go on. Man. I, I mean, I've got. I use Scribed. Have I told you about Scribed? I feel like I may have told you. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's, it's a little bit different than uh, Amazon's version, but Scribd is unlimited. It's a little bit cheaper. It's, uh, it's, it's S-C-R-I-B-D. I just get all the products here today. Uh, people at Scribd, <laughs> just go ahead and send me the. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you're making this, this product placement work awesome for you. Yeah, I'll have to, maybe we can figure a way to have it just like pop up the web addresses as I'm talking to be great. <laughs> So, so and what is what is scribed uh scribed is just it's a audio uh audio book it's an app um so it's a uh, for audio books or pdfs or regular books you can use uh, but similar to audible but it just i prefer uh, beyond audible it, you don't have to pay per book um so it's mm. i've got you know 10 or 15 books saved that i just go through continually so that's awesome it's really great very it's a great cool. Tool. very cool okay so let's let's uh let's go back to some practical stuff here super quick that everybody wants to know do you have a hidden talent <laughs> um it's it's pretty hidden i think um <laughs> uh, i can i can make a cricket noise it took a few years to develop this one yeah go ahead let's hear it this is yeah, a good one let me, let me get a drink of water first because you got to wet your whistle you know if you're gonna yeah absolutely 
that's why you often find crickets. Oh, for sure. Close to the yeah. ground where there's dew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. That's all I got. That was awesome. <laughs> what about I? You I, you've always done one of the best Chewbacca the Wookies. Oh, that, yeah, uh, yeah. I've, I've heard. Classic. Can you can you give us one of those? Yeah, that's a classic, uh, and that's way easier than the cricket. Actually, it's it's more of a. Uh, <clears throat> it works really <laughs> well in the hallway. Where you can get some natural reverb uh, going on. Yeah, my dog may start barking here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so one other thing that most people would not know uh i don't know that i've ever met anyone who can in one sitting put away more food than you can <laughs> like uh, in in the right setting uh with the right plate of food man oh, yeah. you can go to town true or false true i i'm very passionate about food it's it's absolutely a part of my life and you have a theory that I remember you share why you're able to eat so much. Yeah, so I as is true. <laughs> I was a I was a preemie, so I have I have a lifetime of catching up to do. Uh, That's it. To, to take in those calories and really really catch up to the rest of the world. So I started early, and you know I'm still catching up. The one you do a fine job. <laughs> <laughs> fine job. Dan, like just just a couple more questions. Like one, like for you, and and I guess kind of maybe personally in in this season. I know we've hit on this a little bit, but like, what are you learning right now? Like, I I think it is important that that we we kind of take a look in these seasons, and like you don't have to read a page out of the journal, but I, I'm just I'm just <laughs> curious if you if there was something you would pass along and say this is what I feel like God is really kind of teaching me, showing me in this season. Uh, yeah, what would it be? Um, if there was, if there was one thing, I feel like there's always five or six things in my mind. I'll give you the freshest one. So this is, this is as of like this morning fresh. Um, so I haven't fully developed this thought, but, um, the story of Jonah. So in reading through, um, the book of Jonah, which is easy cause it's really short and it's a story that, you know, most of us have heard a million times and most of us could tell the story, but uh, I noticed in reading through it, uh, and this this might be an amazing sermon, um, so take this and run with it, and then send me your notes afterwards, and I'll I'll, I'll act like I did mine. Uh, but this idea that uh, for for Jonah, you know, God, you know, told him, hey, go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. Everybody knows the story. He gets on this boat, and it says. The thing that really stuck out is, is that God provided uh, a great wind and this wind was a storm, right? And we all know how it ends. Like Jonah gets thrown into the water. Uh, God provided this fish that came up, this giant whale or whatever comes up and, and eats him. And anyway, fast forward through the story a little bit. He gets his life together, figures out what he's supposed to do. Uh, it turns out like God, God's grace for this, this city and all this stuff. I, I don't want to steal everyone's, uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of the story. So everyone listening, read this story. It's great. But go through it when you read it and, and underline or highlight when it says that God provided something. And you'll see that God provided the wind, God provided the, the fish. Later on, uh, God provided a plant. And so Jonah goes and sits under this plant. And 
uh, as, as a way of resting and shelter and shade. He sheltered under the shade of this plant. And it says that God provided a worm that came and ate the, the root of this plant, and which seems kind of mean, right? Uh, so then the plant dies. So God provides this plant, and then he provides a worm that eats the plant, kills the plant. Um, and then the next part is if that wasn't bad enough, it says God provided, or the Lord provided a scorching east wind, or however it words it, uh, which makes it really uncomfortable, right? So in going through this story, um, you know, I know how the story ends. Jonah didn't know in the middle of this. Like, there's a lot of drama going on there. There's a lot of conflict internal for him, uh, you know, testing God's patience, um, God teaching him these things. But God was providing these things. And so I think one of the things, and like I said, this is real fresh uh, as of like not even 24 hours old in my mind, but this idea that I think God is helping me see differently that that the painful things or the things that are uncomfortable may actually be God's provision. So how would we apply this? Like, I think um, God might be providing by taking things away. So, you know, God took away things for Jonah. Like he took away this plant that was provided. So, you know, in our life right now, we're, we're doing things that could be painful. Homeschooling a kindergartner is painful. <laughs> but is this God providing time with her, right? Is this, is, is this provision that I'm seeing as an inconvenience or I'm seeing? So it's really shifting to see like, what is the lens that I'm seeing these things through? Is it through the fact that I believe that God is, is my provider, uh, both in, in good and bad. God provided this, this plant, but God also provided this worm that killed the plant. God provided a, a scorching wind that was hot. So I think it's just that, that provision, God may be providing by, by taking things away. And, and then you get into this whole idea of, of God's purpose over my preference. What, how, does, how do those things play together? So how would I interpret these events? Seeing that God's purpose may not be my preference um, and, and really putting purpose over my preference. So that's, uh, that's, I just been thinking through that. And I think a lot of people can relate to that right now with being like, man, we're in a spot that we didn't expect. We're experiencing things that seem painful or uncomfortable, or, you know, I, I never expected to be, uh, you know, if you're a business owner or if you're laid off from your job, you may not have expected that, but God might be using that to provide what's next to get you uncomfortable with where you are to push you into what's next. And so a lot of times I think human nature is just to, um, to seek comfort and to seek where can I be that requires me to do uh, the less amount of work and get the more, the, the most amount of gain from it. Whereas most things uh, spiritually, most things that, that are, that are by God's design are typically the last thing that our flesh wants to do. <laughs> so usually if, if you just want to, what do I want to do right now? It's probably not the thing that is the right thing to do. Uh, and so anyway, that, that whole idea of purpose over preference is something that, that I know I've said for a while. And even like in our culture here at church, like that's part of like, what is the purpose? We're going to put that over our personal preference. But I think with that as a foundation, understanding that, that sometimes God's provision can be the very thing that feels like it's something being taken away, but it's God providing what's next. And, so that's what uh, that's what's stirring in my mind these days, and uh, that's really good. We'll see what makes me want to go read the book of Jonah. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Dan, how can we pray for you? 
man, uh, often <laughs> I'll tell you anywhere. <laughs> I, can I think, uh, if I was going to be specific about prayer, just, um, just that I, I can, I can continue like be that I can, can see things the way that God would see them in, in life. And I think that's something that I pray a lot when I don't know how to pray. Like God, help me see what you, what you're doing today. And, um, I think just that I can support my family, my wife, and, uh, you know, my, my leaders the best I can. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I, I open, open invite for whoever, whoever feels like praying is a yes, please. All of the prayer, um, all, <laughs> of it, all the time, but yeah. Awesome. How, how can awesome. I be praying for well, Calvary? Praying for Calvary. I think, I, I think very much those same things. And I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the church all the way around. I mean, I know you're in a part of an environment where things are always, always moving, growing, um, and looking to what's next. There's something uh, about healthy things grow. And, and, uh, that's a, that's a powerful principle. And, um, I think, you know, the parable of the strawberries, we want to, we want to put our focus in the right things. And, Right now, I think for many churches, we're not entirely sure what that looks like. You know, we're 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 continuing to move towards the vision that we have in the future, um, and believe that God's given to us. And yet, we need wisdom because uh, the vision's the same, but the timing might not be um, because of the things that are going on around us. And and what are we learning in the midst of it? So, yeah, I think it's it's that same prayer, right? God, would you lead us and help us to do it with you know? There's a there's a reason that. Um, God told Joshua to be strong and courageous as he was going yeah. into new land because you, you need strength and you need courage. And uh, we're, we're really people going into a new season. And uh, in that time, that's what we need. And so, uh, yeah, no, it's a good word. You're good. So man, can we pray? Absolutely. So father, I thank you for, uh, for my friend, Dan and God, I thank you for the privilege that we've had to serve together. And God, I thank you for the way that you're using he and Sarah and their girls um, to impact your kingdom in these days. And so would you guide them, Lord? Would you give them wisdom and strength and courage and, and help them in the things that you've called them to do? Lord, I thank you for the way that uh, you've gifted him and that you've wired him to be able to invest in and impact other people's lives. And so God, would you just allow our friend to know, God, your grace and your strength, God, would you let them know your your, uh, your divine creativity and innovation in these seasons. And as he's uh, leading the church into to new things in the future, God, let him know that uh, you're with him in those times when he's, when he's writing things or when he's, he's listening to you, God. I pray that you would allow him to just have a sweet sense of your spirit's direction. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Dan, this has been a privilege. Thanks, man, for taking the time to... Uh, to hang out and uh, bring us up to speed and uh, please give your all the girls at your house our love and uh man we, calvary loves you we're proud of you and i can't wait to see the things that god has in store thank you so much it's been awesome talking with you we need to do this more regularly absolutely absolutely <laughs> awesome thanks man love you guys